Collier County's tourism industry continues to grow. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn Family.com's transformational man cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. This is a financial rally and a financial hack to encourage those of you listeners who may be in the Southwest Florida region, particularly in Collier County, that are that are operating in the tourist industry to continue to have some level of optimism in this industry. The tourism, the the Convention and Visitors Bureau continues to put out their regular updates on the performance of their industry and the office of Mr. Jack Wirt, who is the director, the executive director for the Naples Marco Island Everglades Convention and Visitors Bureau. They have a regular update on their performance and that performance continues to show improvements in the county. There was a, a slight dip after Hurricane Irma, and that dip that has been totally reversed. And now we are seeing continued growth in the industry, driven heavily by the visitors from Canada and Europe. The bulk of the visitors that come to Collier County are from our in our Florida, Florida Floridonians, our Floridians, sorry, and. Of the 191,000 visitors in in January of 2009, about almost 59,000 of those are from Florida, and uh, the remaining of those are heavily from Northeast USA and the Midwest, as well as from Europe. And the biggest growth areas, however, the the biggest dynamism is Canada. 32, almost 33 percent growth. In visitor, in visitor arrivals in Collier County between December, between uh, last December and January of 2019, we are also seeing significant growth in European visitors and the other market, which comprise all the other areas except for Florida, Southeast Asia, North, sorry, Southeast USA, Northeast USA, Midwest, etc. Um, there have been a significant decline in other markets. So we are seeing significant growth and concentration in the Canadian market. The Canadian visitors are growing, are making a are flocking to Collier County. I guess that is to escape the snow there and the cold temperatures. That's probably one driver, according to Mr. Wirt, in his regular summary. The big point here for us is that we are seeing growth in the industry if you are if you work in or if you are uh, somehow connected to the tourist industry in Collier County uh, this could be a positive thing for you if you're operating B&B Airbnb or some kind of service that is related to tourism if you're in the restaurant industry if you're in transportation etc that could be a good sign for your for your business uh, the continued growth in tourism the visitor arrivals are up as as well as the average daily spend is up last year january uh, the visitor spend was about 248 dollars per day now it's about 259 dollars per day that's up about 4.3 percent according to mr Wirt's update and we're seeing the occupancy rate however down a little bit uh, down by 4.8% in January of 2018, the occupancy rate, which is how much of the rooms are actually filled with visitors, was 83% in January of 2018. January of 2019, it was down 
to 79.4%. Now, there are some interesting events that are coming up in the tourism industry. If you're interested, March 16, there's an afternoon with Emmy Award-winning actor Ed Asner. That's at the, that's uh, Naples Players event with Emmy Award-winning television icon, as Mr. Wirt says, Ed Asner, in a live audience interactive talkback and question and answer. This is at the Naples Players Blackburn Hall at 2 p.m. St. Patrick's Day Parade, March 16th, at, and that is coming up. March 22 to 24, Marco Island Seafood and Music Festival. So these are important events that you can prepare for if you are an operator of a business or some related kind of profession to the tourism industry. Get yourself ready if you're operating an Airbnb, a transportation business, your Uber driver, Lyft, whatever it is, get our restaurant operator. Get yourself ready to benefit from those particular events. So we encourage you as males to continue to chop forward with your businesses because we want to leave a legacy. You can't leave a job behind for your child. You can, you can, however, leave a business, leave an empire, leave a legacy that is built on passing on the love of God, the love of Christ through the operation of a good, of provision of a service or provision of a good. And we encourage you to be of someone of the highest professional standard in your business so that that can be one of your calling card, one of the elements of your calling card, a great profession. So we do encourage you to visit our website if you're interested in our business organization services, business structuring services. We can help you with business plans, your strategic playbook. We can help to structure your business, look at the jobs and the job flow, process flow in your business so that you understand how effectively to work as a team. We can also help you with your research and with your polls about how successful your business is doing, how your customers view your business, etc. Pausing for today, we encourage you to stand by for the next segment. MIA means missing in action. That's what some men are. Yet others worse as they were just missing, never in action. Instead of a whole man, they remain a man fraction. Their bedroom void of satisfaction as they focus romance elsewhere. Soldiers constantly endure fear and sometimes some are overrun. They flee their posts without their gun. And if they survive, they face a court-martial. They lead their squad to live scared and partial. A coward, the army's costliest soul. They forsake their comrades in the cold whose lives depend on them. Strangers forsake us less than best friends because we drop our guards in comfort. So a man fraction invites domestic hurt and teaches that lesson with his absence. We can coach with words as well as with silence, but the enemy doesn't care how prepared soldiers are. Every soldier will encounter scars, so the fear of defeats and unjustified reason for being M.I.A. We are gonna die someday, so excellent domestic living can be our inspiration. 
to turn MIA into men in action, no longer men in action. The gospel says Yahweh makes a whole man from a carnal man fraction. If that man fraction trusts him for change. here from turn to burn famtfamily.com's transformational man cave where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and militaracy and aspire to domestic excellence we are today embarking on another manliness rally this one is a parental hack might be between parental hack and a spiritual fitness hack and we're encouraging parents to understand that your children oh god his image when we say your children oh god we are making the point here that we can parent our children to understand that they are made in God's image, made to represent God. Matthew, thank you for being present with us today. Matthew 22 verses um, 16 to 21 have today tell a very interesting story about Jesus and this is a reference from the Holy Bible and it says here in Matthew 22 16 and I'm reading from the King James Version as they say and they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians saying master we know that thou art true and teach us the way of God in truth neither cares thou for any man for thou regardest not the person of men tell us therefore what thinkest thou is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. They brought it unto him, and they brought unto him a penny. He said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. That's said Matthew 22, 15 to 22. And the important element for me here, there's so many elements that parents can teach to our children. The main one here is that if we look at the, cor- the correlation between this and Genesis 1, where Genesis 1 teaches us that we were made in God's image, where God says in Genesis 1, between verses 26 to 28, he says, Let us make man in our own image and likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, fall of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, etc. So we understand that the biblical narrative starts out with uh, all-knowing, all-loving God creating man to represent him on earth. That man was made to look like God in the sense that he had God's character. He had God, he was not God. That man was God's representative, God's ambassador on this planet called earth. And that man was to take dominion of earth and to rule the earth and to to populate earth. And all around this world, God would see his image represented in humans. And this is what Jesus is pointing to in Matthew 22, I believe. And many people use this as as a proof to say that Christians should pay taxes. 
and I don't believe that this is what Jesus' main point is. He is, in a very wise way, using his wisdom to point out that, hey, if you look at the money, who is on the money? The money is Caesar. The money has Caesar's image on it. And because it has Caesar's image on the money, that you owe Caesar the money. Render, give to Caesar, give it up. Let Caesar receive from you the money because his image and superscription is on the penny, I believe it is. It was because he said to give me a penny and they gave him the penny and he says whose image is on the penny and superscription and the image here the word image here is actually speaking to in the ancient language the greek language the koine greek language it says here i icone which is from where they get the word icon i believe likeness statue profile representation resemblance or image according to the strong's dictionary so the in the money, what Caesar did with money, he is, of course, uh, trying to promote and exalt himself by, uh, by putting himself on coin. And he does this in a, way, in a way to reinforce his dominance over his kingdom. And this is what God has done. He puts his image on man to, of course, it's a loving act. He gives man the best image possible, his own image. But of course, that image is representing the dominance of God on the earth. And the superscription is the same. And what is happening here is that when, and to, to make this relevant to your situation or situation as parents and parental guardians, when man is made in God's image, in the same way that, we, that people owed Caesar his coin, man is to give to god his image we are to represent god in the right way and uh, there's only one way of course to represent god in the right way so our children are born not not to represent you they're not born in your likeness or your image because there's nothing you could do with all the procreation acts that you could do you could not bring forth your child if that was not a divine inheritance. He said children are, are a heritage of the Lord. It's not your act that caused these children to come forth. There is actually a purpose that God has ordained for these children and Genesis 1 tells that purpose is to represent him, to, to look like him, to live a life that actually shows the character of God. And we know from 1 John 4, 7 to 8 in the Holy Bible that God's character is essentially love, benevolence, patience, kindness, and he, he is that in combination. And that is represented in 1 Corinthians 13. So we, our children's main issue here, uh, or, peer, or us as parents, our main issue is to point our children in the direction of their destiny. And that is they are stamped with God's image. As some street preachers say, I think one popular one called Jesse Morel, that we all as humans have God's um, signature in us or genetic code. And that is something that we carry, that we witness, our own image witnesses uh, about God to us. So as parents, one of the main things that we can let our children know is that they are created to represent God. And they are created to, and of course, you know, with any image, an image needs a source, that source is God. So as parents, our main thing here is to point them 
towards the Messiah, the Father of Christ, Yahweh, and to point them to Christ because there's no relationship with Yahweh Elohim except through Christ, and that's the biblical narrative. So as a parent, it will be success for you and I where it is that we can point children in the direction of their their source of their image and their likeness which is uh, god himself yahweh elohim the father of christ which is what the bible says the holy bible says and uh, as parents we can let children know hey i'm your i'm your parent but as we pointed out earlier in a previous episode call no man father i am not the generator of your seed your seed is actually from god himself and we point them towards Christ, towards God, so that they can become love. Because anything else is going to be failure. Uh, as parents, our job is to protect, correct, and provide at minimum. And the, the, there's no way we can protect, correct, and provide for them without pointing them to Christ. It will be eternal failure, even if they end up becoming, even if you end up giving them the inheritance of ten Bill Gates and tell Elon Musk combined or uh, Mansell Musk times 50. It doesn't make any difference if their eternal destiny is, is doomed. So the point here is that our children owe God his image and likeness and we as parents can point them in the direction of Yahweh Elohim so they can have a relationship with him. I'm out for today. Look out for the next segment. someone you know are interested in buying, selling, or investing in real estate in Naples, Florida. Give Rashid Willesley a call at 239-207-2955. That's 239-207-2955. Rest is not illegal. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamilyFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave, where we encourage males to crush your feminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. We're thankful that you're present with us today on another Manliness Rally. We are doing a general rally today to encourage males to not give in to this feeling that we should always be doing something. There is actually a term in the messianic story in the biblical narrative called the sabbath and god it says rested on the seventh day after he created all of creation and i don't think that any human does as much work as god did and he rested so if it is that god can rest from his work with the with the, the the context that he is the most powerful being on the planet, God, it is not said that he rested because he was tired, but I believe that part of his rest was to actually enjoy his labor and to memor- memorialize the hard work that he has done. So that could be a model for us. There are many people who believe that uh, a man resting is an effeminate thing to do. And we encourage males to understand that there is no more masculine man than God. And it is actually something very beneficial for a male to rest. And that rest is 
is something that serves a number of purposes for us here at familyfamily.com and turn to burn we encourage males to use to, to the day of rest from a lot of menial work a lot of manual labor as a time to refresh as a time to look at your strategies as a time to refresh on your performance to reflect sorry on your performance how are you doing financially we do encourage males to do uh, earning spending saving and investment report for your financial performance we do encourage males to review your ipaf communications log which speaks to your issues perform issues points actions and follow through so that from your communications you can track what were the main things that you had discussions with your children with your wife about if you see recurring themes these can be things that you can pray about if for example you had two or three really heated discussions between your wife and your kid all and, and your children all about punctuality for example maybe you um, picked up your children late from school and then you were late to some event with your wife then we know that you can also pray about punctuality but in addition you can also make an effort to leave earlier or to organize yourself better for various events so uh, that's going be something you can actually reflect on on the weekend by reviewing your ipaf log you can also look at your marital romance if it is that you can track how many how many dates you had with your wife how um how memorable they were were they the same thing were they what did you have variety were you being a romantic entrepreneur for this week and as a parent you can look at your parental contract as as well as on uh, you can look at your marital contract to see are you fulfilling the things you have in your contract are you losing weight did you stop smoking are you making plans for your child your children's college fund do, do you have uh, some kind of insurance policy etc for your children for yourself life insurance health insurance these things you can review these checklists of things whatever checklist you have and you can also look at your spiritual fitness and your prescribed in terms of your particular if you have uh, interactive activity about prescribed that you did plan for the week how did it go did you share the gospel with your your neighbors your friends did you share some kind of charity with a widow and these are things that don't need to dominate all of your time you may not do all of this on one weekend or one rest day if your rest day is the seventh day as some people are actual sabbath worshipers not saying they worship the sabbath but they actually do what they call seventh day rest and this is something that you could do on the seventh day you could have your rest on the seventh day you could have your rest throughout the week whenever you have your rest time we do encourage you to have a time when you break off from the monotony of work and reflect on your life and to plan your life to see how well you're doing what can be improved to actually um, recognize hard work and to applaud yourself you don't need to wait on people to actually applaud you and to celebrate you but you can celebrate you know what i did do a good job of sticking to the budget this week i did do a great i did enjoy uh, our marital romance this week with with my wife i did do a great job with my with parenting my kids this week and celebrate yourself as a man because you don't need to wait on someone to do that 
and um, this can be something that really helps to recharge you for the coming week so we do encourage males to look at rest as as not just rest but all but also rest and strategy rest and recognition and this is something that we see god did when he rested on sabbath day he rested but he also said he looked at man and saw that man was very good so when he rested he also recognized his hard work and his labor so for me you know i this is part of what i do on my rest today i didn't do a whole bunch of things um, related to all of the various templates and toolkits however um, that is something that i do reserve the right to do you know as much or as little as i want to do on any particular day we're not under the slavery of work or the slavery of any of the things that we teach in the toolkit it's your discretion to do as you please but we just understand that there are consequences to doing as little as possible as well so we encourage you to have a great day stand by for the next segment Literacy is no excuse. Lincoln here from TurnToBurnFantyFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave where we encourage males to crush your feminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. We're grateful that you're here. We're continuing on another manliness rally. This is a spiritual fitness hack and or rally encouraging males not to feel or to use the excuse that I can't read, I'm illiterate or I I was not trained, I didn't go to school, to use that as an excuse to not teach your family about the Word of God. The Gospel essentially is a story about Christ and this was a story that was handed down um, heavily orally back in the day. Yes, there is a book called, there was the Torah, there was the Bible, however, uh, a lot of the transmission of the Bible was done orally and if you understand the scriptures even in the Old Testament the fathers would orally teach their the, the scriptures to the child and a lot of this was orally done was done by word of mouth and uh, the priests would teach the fathers fathers would teach the family and uh, the excuse a lot of males use the excuse or some males use the excuse that I can't read so I can't teach my family the word of God nowadays that is even less of an excuse we have many technological devices we have audible we have readers that can assist us as males to to read even where we might be be, be might not be able to read these things can read to us and these are learning aids nowadays we also have youtube we have various um, social media tools that can read the scripture stores and they even go as far as putting scriptures in various dialects and uh, as someone from the islands i was going through i haven't read it through fully but the patwa bible which patwa is a localized dialect for us in jamaica and other i think english speaking english speaking islands a mixture of african language and english so that is we even have that version of the bible on youtube and so there is less of an excuse of of that illiteracy i think is less of an excuse for us to to teach our family the scriptures 
and what we encourage males to do is to get the suitable resources that can help you there are people who are even visually impaired and they still teach their families the scriptures because they have braille bibles etc so the and and additionally the 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 reading bibles the audible etc helps the visually those that are those that are afflicted by visual impairment at the end of the day we can take seriously the teaching of scriptures to our family and there's a young man an evangelist called todd white and he in his testimony he was he's an ex-drug dealer and an ex-drug addict and the gospel transformed his life through his relationship with christ he was he was learning impaired i'm not sure what disability he was afflicted with back in the day but it is through him coming to christ that he actually learned to read fluently i think he was dyslexic or he had some kind of dyslexia however in his testimony he speaks to the bible actually the, the teaching him and making him more fluent in reading and he said the bible was the first book i i recall him saying that that the bible was the first book that he actually read fully so at the end of the day this relationship with christ can even impact your those who may not be the the fastest readers and the most fluent amongst us with reading we have seen i even have testimonies of persons i personally know who through their relationship with christ they have become much better readers and a brother of mine who is very close to me i have seen him made significant strides in over the years uh, in reading and i think that's heavily based on him being a christian and studying the scriptures he is now leading a ministry and you have seen i've seen significant growth in his life in his literacy because of his commitment to christ so there is no excuse that we have as males to not teach our families the scripture there is a young man in the scriptures called moses and he was given the task of leading the hebrews out of slavery in egypt and he came up with a bunch a bunch of excuses i i can't speak i am not you know he came up with a whole a bunch of excuses why he couldn't do the task and god knocked down every single one of those excuses he provided him even with a spokesperson nowadays we have who is called the holy spirit and this holy spirit is the vitality and the breath of god and what we understand as messianic believers messianic believers are people who believe in the anointed one christ and his anointing is transferred to us fills us up and we also get his empowerment and he actually put words in our mouth the scripture says when we studied the scripture and what we understand is a lot of these apostles back in the day they did not have 66 books of the bible they they had a torah and they had a bunch of letters that were written between apostles to help to edify and to build up each other so they did not themselves have a bible to teach each other they were essentially writing the bible in their lives through their lives with the empowerment of god's spirit who we call the holy spirit if you the main point here is if you as a male are born again and you have received the holy spirit which is the breath of christ that spirit actually teaches you and guides you into all truth which includes the truth about scripture and reading and we have already given you examples of people who the holy spirit have done this with you are no excuse there's nothing 
special about you in that regard and uh, other people have actually overcome and conquered what is called illiteracy and many of them are Christians, Christians as we say here. So we do encourage you as males if you have been afflicted and you have an issue with your reading do not back away from this. Take every opportunity to read scripture. Humble yourself, stumble through the scriptures sometimes and humility Psalm 25 9 says the meek he will guide in judgment the meek he will teach his way. Sometimes we as males are proud in the wrong areas we are not saying that a male shouldn't be proud but you can be proud in your effort even if you're fumbling through scripture be proud in the effort that you're making to actually change and to improve yourself through studying scripture through reading and you will see improvements because this has happened in other people's lives so yes one of the foundations of priestcraft which is a foundation of manliness here for us at Turn to Burning Family to Family, is reading and sharing and breaking down scripture for your family. Because the scripture is a light that leads us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the written scripture is not the only word, it's not the only element of the word of God. There is a spoken word and there is a living word who is Christ. And he can explain himself to you and he can help you through the Holy Spirit to become eloquent in scripture not just eloquent in the, the speaking of scripture but in the application there are many people who read eloquently but they don't apply eloquently so we would prefer you to stumble through the reading but not stumble through the application apply if you read jesus wept and we see you crying every day that's not the, that's definitely not the right application but it would be a better thing to see you crying after reading Jesus wept then to be eloquent in reading Jesus wept and not have a weeping heart for people anyway we're out for today we encourage you as males not to use illiteracy as they call it as an excuse to teaching your family scripture because at the end of the day their eternal life is at stake and apart from their eternal life their current life is at stake it is through scripture that we are actually empowered to understand the rules of this thing that we call life because the word of God is life and light to them that find it. We're out for today. We're encouraging you to have a great day today, crushing your feminacy and illiteracy, and look out for the next segment. Man up. It's amazing how normals can be redefined. Metro, now the benchmark. And despite being misbehaving, males love being well-shaven, shiny nails and pubes Brazilian waxed. Although manliness eludes our grasp, a real man mangled by his grandpa's standards, crafting a, crafting a world filled with moral hazards, a deleterious defection of adverse selection, a man stands fallen with every erection. And it's interesting how things got messed up. It's man down replacing man up. Males focused on living dressed up. Females left wearing the pants. Women now taking lead in romance. An illegal dance proposing to males who then become housekeepers. Poor house sweepers, men even trying to breastfeed robbing homes of the one thing that it still needs 
a man with the DNA of his divine father. His detached scrotum loosely dangles from his wife who balances husband and kids on top of her life. And all this was doubled over by her menstrual cramps, greeted by the hot flashes as her estrogen dries up. And her man reaches a midlife crisis that sees younger tits make his crotch rise up. And he forsakes his ring because of the serpent's stale lies. His family's bank account declines as his mistresses rise. And it's interesting how things got messed up. His man down replacing man up. Males focus on living dressed up. Females left wearing. Your education like an investment. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamilyFamily.com's transformational man cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. We're continuing on another manliness rally. This one today is a financial hack, and we're grateful that you're present with us today. Many of us as males, we are trying to be the head, the main breadwinner in our homes. If we're not already and we're also trying to ensure that we can continue and maintain the the or income earning potential either in a profession or a business uh, the, it, the very important thing is that we keep ourselves up to date and keep our ed- make sure that our education is relevant to the market that we are in and it's also important, even if you look at your parenting, that you look at whether your children are going into a marketable area and an area that can actually support their standard, their, their living in the future. So a simple thing here for today is to ensure that we're not just looking at, at promoting education that we like or things that we are fond of but or things that may be popular in our region but that we're looking at ways in which we can make sure our skill sets are marketable and relevant to our our community that we're in at this time there is a very important resource we think that can help you in doing this called the bureau of labor statistics this is a federal statistics bureau that gives you information on the various occupations the wages that those occupations actually generate average that is and there are the website can break it down to your local county level and you so you can look at for example if you are going into machine machine to uh, machining and cnc operation what is the average wage for that in your area if you're looking at going into nursing or being a medical assistant or a dental assistant whatever it is the bureau of labor statistics can actually give you the actual average income average wages the growth in that industry employment trends for your particular area your field of studies if it's welding if it's marine engineering whatever it is uh, they use things called NAICS codes or north american industry classification codes and each of those codes loosely relate to a business opportunity or a profession. And you can look at each code 
and see what is the earning potential that you have. You can also make a determination as to whether it's worth it. If you're just going to be getting a salary of $30,000, for example, for being a, a, a retail a retail assistant or a restaurant a waiter or waitress, and it costs you $50,000 uh, per term to study to be a waitress then that probably is not going to be a worthwhile investment for you or your children uh, so you want to look at or you can look at the what they call return on investment for the dollars that you're spending on your education uh, the main thing for us here is that you look at your education not as a hobby or as some kind of fun trip but as an investment in the earning potential of your family and you can also do the same thing for your children that you can encourage them to look at areas that may be more marketable and the information is readily available on the Bureau of Labor Statistics that can help them to make this decision. If you need some assistance with such, a, with such kind of uh, research and if you need assistance with making this kind of determination for your family, what is the area that you should study? What's the area that you should encourage and promote your, your children or your wife to study in so that the potential, earning potential of your family is maximized? You can give us a call at our various contact information in that we have at the end of this rally, connectfamilyfamily.com, etc. We're going to pause for today and we thank you for your attention and listen out for the next segment. Christ is El Shaddai, topping cartel as the Most High, the Almighty ravaging destroyer. From him flows all power, every king on his payroll. On transport of clouds he strolls, on his hip a sword that kills spirits, his bullets are meteors, using hard hearts against their victims. Hurricanes tremble at his voice. His peace gives waves no choice. Bow stretched with glistening arrows, unlike Cupid. His opposers hyper-stupid as he doesn't turn the other cheek. He honors the meek but is ultra-homicidal. Crushing suicidal dark armies with angelic legions, laughing at demons' demise. He exposes selfish spies as cowards of giants. His words obese, his commas crush beasts, no command wasted, Abaddon his employee, the death angel his hitman, his aftermath a bloodbath covering stallions. His genocide right. The murder of demonic offspring justified in his sight. When God and man collides, there is one outcome. Yet we killed him. How come? Follow through makes you credible. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn FamilyFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and to aspire to domestic excellence. We're continuing on this manliness rally. This is a comms rally today. And we uh, thank you for being present with us. And 
this one is encouraging us to as males and male supporters to always follow through on our comms we said earlier in the season that uh, messianic man's words are obese or words carry weight and one of the things that gives our weight or words weight gives our words credibility makes us trustworthy is that we actually follow through on what we say what we agree on in our comms and this is one thing that we saw christ do and he did he of course did it in often with very miraculous signs and wonders and he didn't seem to be one who wasted his words he would respond or address situations in a very overwhelming way if for example there was a lack of food or there was some sickness if there was forgiveness required he would simply just solve the problem and we know that here at turn to burning family family we say man is an acronym which means meet all needs so if there is a discussion in your home and there is a door that needs to be fixed your wife makes you know hey honey there's a door that needs to be fixed you are now aware in that come in the comms that you know what there is a defective door on the patio you as a man know it's the, this is where you come in in that comms it's not up to you to hey why are you telling me that you know what you expect me to do no she's telling you because she wants you to address it so as a man our role now is generally to either you're going to fix it yourself if you're a handyman i am not very handy in a lot of situations in my home personally but that's what you have contractors for uh, if you are in that situation in your geographical area where you can actually hire someone to do that work for you then you make a phone call hire the contractor if you're able to do it you schedule a time if you're busy put it in your phone if you have a phone that can remind you that has a task manager by friday at 2 p.m fix door you get your supplies you fix the door the objective of this is to ensure that as males we are effectively carrying out the decisions that we make or following through an information that we're made aware of in our comms because at the end of the day communications have an objective if it is that your wife says that you know what sometimes you just overwhelm me when i'm trying to talk to you you don't listen okay so the task is now listen when she speaks and you know next time she speaks your your task (laughs) if you choose to accept it is to keep your two keep that that space uh, in front of your face closed while she is speaking that is the task to listen and sometimes if we just follow through on on discussions and comms it can make our life much easier she can uh, not just she but she and your children if you have children or if it can be comms in your workplace it can be comms in your church it can be comms in your community any times of comms or communication uh, situation and and uh, experiences that you are going through can be improved if we follow through on discussions. sometimes we and our friends as males we end up in arguments because we don't listen enough and sometimes our, our brethren try to tell us 
that hey you know what sometimes you just talk too much when i'm trying to speak with you so it doesn't it's not just domestic yes we focus heavily on what happens within the four walls of your home but we're males everywhere we go and we're messianic everywhere we go if we believe in christ so one of the things in comms is that we want to follow through with discussions if you had a previous discussion then we want to make sure that the conclusion of that discussion actually follows up we follow up on that so this is one of the main reasons we propose our ipaf template we spoke about that earlier well from the start of this campaign in about 2017 that we break our discussions up into issues points actions and then follow through or follow up and the f here in ipaf is follow up and we that is generally what we find as one of the most important elements of your comms strategy to ensure that we follow up with discussions if your child says dad you've been late three times this week and that has been a source of of uh, friction between you and your child they finish soccer practice at 5 30 and you turn up at 6 15 6 45 and they're the last one left it's not left there and it's not safe etc and this has been consistent that has been communicated to you the follow-through for you leave your office a little earlier than before so you don't get there late or let the give that get them an uber account so that they can take an uber whatever it is that you can address the outcome of that comes this is again as we said something that we saw christ do and many other messianic apostles and believers do uh, when when they were faced with issue, issues there is a, a story of in the bible of one of peter's apostles one of jesus's apostles called peter he comes to the house and peter's mom is sick and i think she she may have died and or she was sick i believe and uh, it's communicated to christ goes gets rid of the sickness and um, she gets up and ministers to them whatever that means i don't know if she cooked a meal whatever it was but at the end of the day whenever people communicated with the men in the righteous men in the bible the end of that communication was a man that ended up doing something and following through following up on the outcome of that comes and we thank you for your time and your patience in this segment listen out for the next segment you or someone you know are interested in buying selling or investing in real estate in naples florida give rashid willesley a call at 239-207-2955 that's 239-207-2955 the messianic single man Lincoln here from TurnToBurnFamilyFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and maliteracy, which we define as the ignorance of being masculine, and to aspire to domestic excellence. We are grateful that you have joined us and you are present with us today for another Manliness Rally. This one is a, a marital romance rally, and it goes to the other extreme of the marital pendulum 
uh, we are looking at singleness today and <clears throat> the main thing here is that we're encourage we want to encourage males that are single to understand a little bit more about what a messianic single man's day and life can look like christ was single on earth so there is something noble about being a single man and paul strongly this is the apostle paul of the new testament he strongly supports singleness in first corinthians 7 1 verses 1 to 7 Christ wasn't only single though, but he also was sexually pure as he conquered every temptation and that includes sexual temptation. See Hebrews 4 verse 15 and you could also reference St. Luke 4 verse 13 in the Holy Bible. Often the point here is that single men are not always pure. Somebody who is not married often falls into the temptation of sexual impurity either through fornication, pornography. Yes, married people also fall into this temptation or give in to this temptation. Anyone can give in to sexually impure temptations. But it does seem that the unmarried person is generally more promiscuous than generally that is than the married person. And the point we're making is that Christ wasn't only single, but he was sexually pure. As a single man, he avoided every sexual lust and temptation known to man. In Hebrews 4 verse 15, at that time, yes, they still apparently had pornographic material. It may not have been as widely available as today, but there was pornography in the Roman, the Greco-Roman Empire. Singleness has benefits though, as the single man can focus more on ministry. See 1 Corinthians 7 verse 7 here, Paul encourages singleness from the standpoint of males who now can be focused more on serving the Lord and ministering for Christ and taking care of the poor, the orphan, widows and strangers, etc. without the, the competition of the marital pressure, wife, family, kids, etc. children. The married man has to engage worldly cares to support his wife and that's in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 33. We can repent, that is, change our outlook, change our mindset about singleness in at least five areas. As firstly, number one, singleness is a divine gift. See St. Matthew 19 verse 11. Singleness can be viewed as a present which adds value to life. The world teaches singles who are called singles, persons that are not married and not in a relationship, the world teaches these non-marital and also persons outside of some kind of committed relationship to feel insufficient and many churches don't seem to help either. As persons who are called single tend to get older, a non-dating young man or woman is often pressured towards marriage with the belief that he or she is having sexual relations anyway. This approach seems non-loving. In Genesis 1 verses 27 to 31, man was made in God's complete image and was very good. Man and woman did not need each other to please God. A woman does not complete a man. She amplifies him. The point here is that Colossians 2 verse 10 tells us that we are complete as Christ completes us. We are complete in him 
who is the head of all principality and power, etc. So there is this heresy, and I understand where it comes from. I understand people honor their wives and husbands, their spouses, and talk about this person completes me or that person completes me. However, that goes in opposition to Colossians 2 verse 10, which says, Christ completes us. We are complete in him that is speaking to Christ, who is the head of our principality and power. We were made in God's image and God's image is complete already. If it is that you are a messianic believer. And the point here in essence that we're making is that the single life is a blessing. It is a privilege. As Jesus points out in St. Matthew 19, 11, everyone is apportioned a way in which they will live. Some are, some are given to marriage and some are given to a single life. And those who commit to singleness, you can look at this as a deliberate way of receiving this gift of singleness, of being someone who can focus more on ministry, focus more on the things of God than someone who may be married. We'll leave that there for that and invite your questions and comments. So the number one way that we can repent is that we can look at singleness as a gift rather than a curse, a gift from God. Matthew 19 11 says that this single life or the marital life, whichever one that is that we're allotted is an actually allotment, a gift, is actually something of value from God. And those who are single do not have to force themselves to be in some kind of marital relationship. And we're going to take a break and return on this issue. You don't have to burn to marry. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamilyFamily.com's transformational man cave, where we encourage males to crochet feminacy and militaracy and aspire to domestic excellence. We are on the sequel of the Messianic Single Man segment of our, <clears throat> our rally today, continuing on this relationship or marital rally to encourage males to understand from the first segment that singleness is a gift not a curse thank you for being present with us today on this sequel of this series we told you in the previous segment that we have five areas that we think are important for single persons to reflect on and the first one is that singleness is a gift and not a curse in this second one we're saying here that marrying the purpose the purpose for marrying is not simply that we avoid being sexually impure because you have to have someone to have sex with so you need to marry one can marry to more than avoid sexual impurity a book in the new testament called galatians chapter 5 teaches that self-control is a fruit of the holy spirit and the holy spirit here speaks to the vitality and the essential nature of, of christ the breath of christ his life force and that life that when you have that life force you can harvest or fruit the fruit the word fruit means you can harvest you can pluck the this character called temperance the, that's the old the ancient word we would say you now self-control or discipline and that self-control includes your sex drive the messianic single man isn't driven by sex but he drives it and we understand that there are many people out there 
even in the Christian diaspora or persons that purport to be Christians that teach that people have to have sex. It's a drive and it is a basic part of life. We understand for biological procreation that you cannot, outside of Christ, the only, he was the only man who was born without sexual intercourse. However, what we believe is that the principle of self-control means that the messianic single man drives sex. Sex does not drive him. And this can also apply to the messianic single woman because the Holy Spirit does empower self-control. So in this regard, single believers can offer for example, a sexual fast to Christ for the heavenly kingdom's sake. That's in Matthew 19, 12, where Christ himself says, some are eunuchs for the kingdom's sake. So we understand a eunuch is someone that you can say that can be a castrated person, but the word for eunuch could also mean single person, someone who may not have uh, sexual dysfunction or impotence, but chooses to abstain from sex. So the point we're making here is that Christ says there are people who can choose to abstain from sex because of the kingdom's sake. Now Paul, the Apostle Paul of the New Testament, references that even in marriage, partners can sex fast for prayers and spiritual reasons. Now remember, we here at Fam to Family use the term fast for general abstinence, not just fast in terms of food and calories. On the point of choosing to live single, I reference a great woman in Jamaica. We're from uh, one of those communities that people would call ghettos or garrisons, as we would say back in the day. Uh, Mother Ruby Sullivan, she turned down a marriage proposal to impact the Waterhouse community. She chose to be a single woman uh, because of the gospel. So the essential point we're making here today is that as single persons, those of those of you who, who may be single, that you can choose to m- remain uh, sexually pure. You don't singleness doesn't mean that you're gonna have to masturbate. You're gonna have to engage in pornography. You're gonna have to engage in in illegal sexual activities, etc. You can be single and sexually pure. Paul tells us, or Peter, I think it's Paul, says that, well, one of the apostles says that we can possess our vessel in sanctification. Sanctification there means single use, where you're committed to one purpose. And if you're messianic, the only purpose is to love God and to fear his commandments. That's the whole duty of, of man. So the, the, the point today is that we should not marry just so that we don't burn burn there mean we we get lost in passion lost in sexual lust we can marry for other reasons if you choose to be married and you can stay single and remain sexually pure it is not a must to marry just so that you you avoid sexual impurity when paul says it's better to marry than to burn he's saying that in a letter first corinthians 7 i believe starts with him responding to things that were written to him we are just seeing one side of the response when he said it's better to marry than to burn and we don't want to to guess about what the current the current church wrote to paul about in the first instance we don't have that letter as part of the biblical canon as it is called we're just going with paul's response so 
we can't take it to say okay we can't take this as a doctrine that says that every single person is going to be having sex so let them marry that is not what paul is teaching here he's speaking in response to to a response he's speaking in response to what the corinth church wrote to him about in first corinthians 7 and he responds to say of course it's better to marry than to lose yourself in sexual lust and sexual passion uh, but that is not to say that we should marry so that we don't we're not we don't uh, get involved in sexual impure acts anyway i'll leave it there for now but the main thing today is the second of the five elements that we are we are coaching people in mentoring people in as singles is that you can be single and sexually pure it is possible for single messianic males to be pure normally when a, a man is single people will say that's the time for you to explore and to experiment that is definitely not the messianic approach we see christ live his life and not do that we're going to pause and well we're going to essentially end this one here if you want some more information on our messianic single man series we do encourage you to visit us at familyfamily.com so look out for the next segment found the reason the world so dark. The sun rises with our money. The money train for most is parked. And the day for few is sunny. If children relive what they learn, then rich dad, poor dad should be their Bible. Identities twinned to what you earn. Man worships mammon disciples. Generations come and generations go, learning to worship their cash flow. But bank accounts subsist on low. Financial lessons are learned real slow. The masses immune to poverty, pockets with money allergy. And yet, how much of our youths grow with a piggy bank? How many of our naive kids will swim through life's shark tank? Chasing dollars, ignoring sense, child hypertension from living tents. Owning Nike shoes instead of the stock, propelling parents' accounts into cash shock, as mommy with daddy gets irate, as her period and the rent are late. Monopoly played at Sunday school and piggybot replace Bible drills. Life learned by profit or loss, but they hone Xbox skills. In God we trust, and that is true. But which God do we kneel before? If gods are fashioned by what we do, or deity who we daily adore, then our God is money. My ears a parking meter. Insert cash here for me to hear. Most of us has hypocritical as the false Christians we criticize. We torture and often ostracize the person in the mirror. Psychologists call it deflection. Poverty is that reflection of mankind's own image being poor worshippers of a mammon. Embracing any deity that can bring the money. Tithing to tithings. 
what's God's ROI on my investment when the tithe that God requests is to address moral injustice? Well, it seems we missed that one and embraced Barabbas instead of his son, bowing before a frozen deity that leaves most of us empty and fumbling around without a clue to find him. If the poor are blessed, as the Bible says, that's why it's read only on Sundays, high-priced priests with the mark of the beast underneath their collar. Some love money so much they assume the last name and dollar. But Mammonians best discern how to fast and pray to money and show Christians how to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's the least we can do to shepherd our hopeless youth. And after all the Bible stories, isn't it supremely funny? This pretend life is all about the money. Join the FAMTI Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our Messianic Mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly, with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamTFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave. We are grateful that you have fully consumed and experienced another manliness rally. We do encourage you to do a couple of things to animate yourself to greater levels of manliness. Visit us at www.famtfamily.com as well as join our Facebook family at famtfamily.com and email us at connect at famtfamily.com. Have a great day today and be nuclear.